This podcast is brought to you by StoreMaven. I won't lie, I am an employee at StoreMaven, so I want to tell you a little bit about why it's the greatest company on earth. If you're interested in growing your app in any way, organically, paid, both, we have tools to help you do it, whether it's optimizing your creatives, measuring the success and the effect of different efforts that you're taking, or just telling you what people look for in an app. We're here to help you do it. It's not a very static role or environment because the whole market's evolving, the technology's evolving. If you're at a specific company, the way the company grows and so on. So I think it's a very dynamic atmosphere, which is the fun part for me. I love organized chaos. So for me, it's the greatest thing. Every day is unique. Every day is different. I'm learning constantly versus being in one type of role. Welcome to Mobile Growth and Pancakes, a podcast by Stormaven. We break down how and why mobile apps grow. In each episode, we invite a mobile growth expert onto the show to break down a specific mobile growth strategy, how it worked, why it worked, and what they would do differently. I'm your host, Esther Schatz. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mobile Growth and Pancakes. I'm your host, Jonathan Fishman, uh, VP Marketing here at Stormaven. And today I have with me Novel Roman, uh, who's Senior User Acquisition Manager at Playco. Hey, Novel. Hey, how are you? What's up? Uh, do you want to introduce yourself a bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, hey, guys, my name is uh, Novel. I'm currently a uh, Senior User Acquisition Manager at Playco. Uh, I'm currently running our user acquisition efforts for a few of our games, initiatives, and marketing lead on a few products. Uh, I'm super excited to be here today and, and really discuss, um, you know, mobile marketing, which is, which is what, what we all love. Awesome. Uh, I know that Playco is is a bit different in terms of uh, the the publishing um, methodology of uh, of mobile games and and specifically putting in an emphasis on instant games. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So so you know, I think Playco is a very unique. Um, company, especially in the gaming market, uh, just specifically because of the way we acquire and really serve to our users and the platforms that we really utilize uh, versus others. So, you know, first and foremost, um, Playco really our main uh, focus or our main growth area really is social play. Um, and what that means is we utilize, um, you know, social platforms that everyday users are already using, such as, you know, Facebook, Line, Zoom, um, etc. Um, and we develop uh, very unique and fun gaming experiences uh, on these platforms. So users are able to connect with their friends uh, and play together uh, on platform or on their social media platforms without having to leave, uh, which is very unique and different than the traditional gaming market, because usually it's within, uh, you know, an iOS or, 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 or uh, Android packet. And then usually you have to leave the platform to play the game independently, right? Uh, you know, separately from the platform itself. And second to that, a lot of times it's very difficult um, to connect with friends and play, because if your friends aren't on the same app or if they aren't connected in the community, like, you know, you're not able to really engage. So I think that's why, you know, uh, for us, we have a really unique uh, product because we, A, it's a fun game to play and B, it's so easy to play with your friends that are already online. Um, I think it's just a really, uh, I think, unique experience that we try to deliver to to our clientele. Great. I, I think I saw that, you, I mean, some of these games were also available on Zoom, like as a, 
Is it Gambit to the Right? Yes. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Facebook has, you know, we've had a, a few successful games um, live on Facebook uh, for some time now. And Zoom has been a new addition uh, in terms of our platform expansion. Um, so it went live a few months ago. And, and you know, we have two games live uh, that we've developed on there and growing rapidly. So, uh, yeah. So we're currently, that's our, our, our latest addition to, to our, our stack. Awesome. I definitely think it's uh, Playco is a very forward thinking company because instant games, I see it as the future. I mean, the, the world where uh, you have to install a game to play it or basically to install apps, uh, I think it's, it's, it's going to end at some point. I'm not sure when and where the, the tech would be there all across. We know that the instant games exist on, on the Android ecosystem with uh, Google Play. Uh, on the App Store, it's still not there on iOS, but uh, I definitely think uh, people want to play games wherever they are. Uh, on the platform they are at the moment without doing anything uh, heavy, such as installing a game. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, and, and can you talk a bit about your path and how you got into mobile marketing? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, and actually, before I do that, I, I do want to quickly, I guess, mention or quickly um, acknowledge your point there. I definitely agree. Um, I think, you know, the great part about it is, you know, we work in partnership with the platform itself and every platform is now recognizing the value of hosting a gaming, um, you know, environment within their social media uh, channels. So I think for us, it's, it's a great fit because now we can really capitalize on those opportunities and really just build uh, unique experiences uh, to your exact point. Yeah. Just one other point there, you know, I mean, I heard recently about Netflix getting into mobile gaming as well. So, <laughs> so I, there's a ton of benefits for any platform that, that gets users to engage with it a lot, such as Netflix, Facebook, uh, Zoom, Line, everyone, um, to keep users in the platform. The, the thing is, uh, instant games is, is a great way to do that. Uh, the thing is, there's a lot of legal questions there with the App Store and Google Play, and a lot of them are trying to prevent some companies from you know, having an App Store within an App Store. So we'll see where that goes. But uh, it definitely seems like the world is uh, moving there slowly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And obviously, especially in matured markets where the majority of the online viewership, especially for this genre, is on mobile versus desktop now, right? Uh, especially for games. Uh, it's just, I think, a really good opportunity for the entire uh, ecosystem to evolve in that direction. So, Cool. Um, to your latter question, yeah. I guess, uh, about my path to uh, world marketing. Um, so I actually come from uh, a business background, but I kind of got into marketing because uh, you know, I didn't see myself, you know, uh, doing accounting or, or finance or anything of that nature. I really just enjoyed uh, marketing uh, in general. Um, so initially, I kicked off with, perform I was actually in an agency called Mondo Media. So I was in performance marketing there. Uh, and then from there, migrated into doing user acquisition on the product side. Um, so it's a little bit of a unique path because usually, you know, folks just go right into the UA and kind of, you know, grow within. Um, but I think for me, it was a great launching pad because on the agency side, um, you get the opportunity to really work with multiple partners, multiple products, multiple verticals. Uh, and because it's more of a marketplace environment, you get to work with demand and supply to really understand exactly how the landscape is working, right? What's working where and so on. Um, so I think for me, it was a great experience. Uh, and I was there for about you know, five years or so uh, and grown in different roles. But um, it was a great experience because you get to understand firsthand how affiliates and how performance marketers um, attack a campaign in terms of getting into to grow, how do you growth hack uh, in different channels or doing the same thing in different ways to improve um, top funnel metrics and, and those things. Really understand, okay, how are the, the gurus in the industry doing it, right? 
um, and then connect, connecting that back to the user acquisition partners that we work with, understanding goals and products that are really kind of, you know, match um, the two sides, right? Um, so from there, I moved into the UA side, um, sold at a company called W Games, and, and it's basically a social casino-based company. Uh, and I was there on the marketing side um, as well, so similar, similar uh, role. Um, and it was, we are, we are a slots game, slots app, essentially. So it was a good segue from, uh, I guess, you know, the agency into the app world, just from the product side, because now I, you know, I was able to understand, okay, you know, what actually is happening under the hood, which I think is super important, right? So I think with those two experiences combined, it was a really good, I think, holistic understanding of like, hey, how does the actual market work? Uh, end to end, right? Um, and I'm very data driven. So after that, I did the, you know, I did a master's program in, um, you know, marketing management and analytics. Uh, and then from there, um, you know, I transitioned into Playco. Um, and 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 Playco, I guess, to your earlier one of your earlier questions, um, it's a very, uh, I guess, different company uh, culture. Whereas, you know, I think a lot of gaming companies have divisions of departments where you have marketing folks that are handling more UA-based or marketing initiatives. And you have a BI uh, team that's handling data analysis and you have live ops and community management and all these things. And, and we also have similar structures and teams in place, but, you know, we're encouraged here to really kind of stretch beyond our role and really understand um, our environment, right? So like we have access to really kind of really any of those things. So for me, it was a great, um, you know, playing field to understand and kind of get in and not just do marketing, but kind of see the net impact of, you know, how a campaign works on the product side, you know, what the analytics are and really dissect um, end to end. And so I think it was a good, uh, you know, alchemation of my background uh, and kind of having a, a platform to really kind of utilize all levers uh, to be a more effective marketer. So I think that's a really uh, cool experience that I really appreciate. Thank <laughs> Great. And and we chatted about the fact that uh, there's a lot of levers to grow besides just programmatic and the normal um, uh, suspects, basically, uh, with UA, which is, you know, if you go to a, an average mobile game company, most of their budget would go to Facebook, Google, um, a selection of, uh, of different ad networks, uh, and that's it. <clears throat> Some people go into influencers uh, these days, Um and, uh, but, but, but I know that you guys are doing a lot of creative things. So how do you think you can di- diversify basically, um, you know, UA channels to, to get into new audiences and new markets? Yeah. So that's a big question. Um, and I, I absolutely, you know, based on my experience in my career, um, definitely obviously Facebook and UAC eat up like, you know, 60% plus, if not more of uh, the budget. And then you have everything else um, diversified into different channels. Um, so, but for us, it's a little bit of a unique experience uh, because, um, because we are an on-platform based or HTML5 based uh, game, it'll inevitably be easier to always market on platforms. What I mean by that is, um, you know, if it's a Facebook game, marketing through Facebook ads, simply because users are already in the in the medium, right? Um, otherwise, there are additional friction points, right, of, you know, having users log into your Facebook app to, you know, if they're coming from, let's say, you know, UAC or, you know, Snap or any other channel, right? Uh, and, and that goes the same across all our, our different platform games. Um, so I think for us, it's a little bit um, you know, different in that regard. 
but um, there are a lot of, I think, advantages of that, right? So when we, uh, because we're working with Facebook specifically, you know, we're able to actually be more creative in the way we target users, acquire users, and, and really kind of cultivate um, the user lifecycle, I would say, um, versus an app that you just don't have the access to, right? Um, so I think for us, it's really about, uh, well, there's two approaches. One is really about um, really taking advantage of the platform itself and 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 fully stretching to all cylinders um, there. And then all then from there, looking beyond to see, hey, are there other ways to to growth hack and and, and try to find users to, to come through and, and, and so on. Do you view yourself as a growth hacker? What do you think about the term? <laughs> I, I I like to believe so. Uh, I think uh, I, I think I think growth hacking um, has many definitions and and applications of things. Um, so I would like to say that I am <laughs> I believe that I'm a growth hacker. And and, and when I say that, I, I think there's you know different ways, right? Like growth hacking, I think for me is. Um, not just understanding the marketplace, but also understanding what your product is, right? Understanding what your user target audience is, understanding what your uh, propensity curves are, your, you know, your proxy events, all these different things that you have in your tool set, right? Then to be able to kind of craft together um, a strategy that is not common or that is not conventional, in my opinion, right? Uh, so for me, you know, a lot of that is kind of, you know, what I always try to push, especially here at Playco as well, like, you know, let's say for marketing on Facebook for our Facebook games, like, you know, I can run a AAA campaign, sure. Uh, but how else can I be creative with the tools and access that I have uh, to try and get ahead of the industry or get ahead of the curve uh, of our competitors? Because obviously it's a very competitive space uh, and, and so on. So I think that for me, that, that's the definition that I actually that I think of. Cool. And without giving away any secrets, um, can you give us some, an example of something creative? Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think, you know, um, very high level, I think, you know, uh, like Facebook, let's talk about Facebook. I think it's a, okay. a very common uh, platform that everyone's familiar with. Um, you know, you have various different types of campaigns and Facebook's great because obviously um, you can slice and dice and really hyper target uh, and find your niche audiences. Oh, by the way, I mean, the, the, the shift, I mean, the fact that you're an instant game company gives you an advantage in terms of like, because, you know, for mobile game companies now, the deprecation of the IDFA or the access to the IDFA basically prevents them from doing hyper-targeting the way they used to before. Uh, right. For you guys, it's different? Yes. So, um, well, pros and cons. <laughs> so the pros of this is, uh, you know, with the programmatic uh, landscape, the way it's moving and obviously privacy first and, you know, just the fingerprinting attribution, the stress that it's currently undergoing. So there's a lot that's, I think, happening in the mobile ecosystem that I think I'm sure a lot of developers and, uh, and gaming companies are very concerned with, and rightfully so. Um, but I think for us, we have a little bit of an upside, I would say, uh, because, because we are within platform itself, it's not an external user. Uh, so what I mean by that is our games are marketed to Facebook users themselves mm -hmm. versus an app trying to get into a Facebook user's um, distro, right? So for us, there's an advantage there where, you know, we don't have to deal with um, attribution, uh, especially for iOS that the entire industry right now is dealing with, right? Um, now, uh, 
saying that obviously there's challenges because the ecosystem at the end of the day is really based on uh, an auction system, right? So we definitely feel the pressure, uh, let's say for our Android CPM, because everyone right now is obviously beefing up on Android users, <laughs> obviously. Uh, so we, we feel the indirect uh, pressure, I would say, uh, on some of our bids or some of our campaign types and markets and, and, and so forth. But um, it really is a result of just the market reacting to the current um, condition versus, you know, access to some of the private studies and elders are, are facing and dealing with. Cool. So, so we were talking about like uh, creative ways on Facebook specifically. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, um, so like, like I was saying, so I think on Facebook, um, one great part, obviously I think, you know, AAA is a great autonomous feature um, similar to UAC uh, to really run app-based campaigns and, and, and so on. Um, but I think uh, a, a challenge of that uh, mechanism is that you really take away the, the creativity or the ability to really kind of design, uh, you know, marketing bets, right. Whether that be on a market, whether that be on a user segment or, or so on. Um, so I think, you know, for me, first and foremost, I think it's understanding what your product and, and, and user lifecycle looks like to really understand, okay, who is your target audience? You know, how long are they, you know, what's the average session time? Like, you know, understanding different um, milestones or different, um, you know, uh, user journey points, right. That a user progresses through and understanding, okay, what are proxy events, all these things first, because then, you know, okay, if you get a user to X point, there's a probability of Y percent of them getting to your ultimate point, whether it be, uh, IAP, whether it be ad monetization or, 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 or whatever the, the end target is. But I think, you know, when you reach for the end, without really having data to back it up, especially on platform, you're going to pay hefty for your fee for it. Right. Uh, so, but if you understand what your propensity curve looks like and different proxy events, all those things, then you can get a little bit creative. Right. So I think it's Facebook. Um, if you understand um, your um, gaming ecosystem very well, then you can start getting creative because instead of running like a AAA campaign or an install campaign and waiting to learn and so on, you can make bets, right? You can say, hey, instead of me targeting for installs for two weeks and then I'll move it up to train the algo, I can go out the gate and bet X dollars to pay for a user that gets to level 50 or, or, or whatever the you know respective goal is. Because I know that level 50 users, 10% of them will progress to uh, purchase intent or, or whatever. They, and I'm just making these things up uh, for broad application. But if you understand it, you can then go and really hack together uh, unique marketing bets on you know Facebook, for example. Um, that otherwise, if you didn't know, you'd have to kind of start from scratch and kind of see how it reacts and those so on, right? So when I say, you know, growth, I think that's, I think, what, I, what I'm referring to, you know, using Facebook as an example. Cool. And uh, you, you mentioned to me in, in, in our conversation before this episode, uh, um, something about content marketing and using content marketing uh, also as, as another way to diver- diversify, basically, your uh, UA methods. Um, what do you do in, in those areas? Yeah, definitely. So I think, um, you know, when I say content marketing, um, I th- again, I think there's a lot of applications and, and, and definitions of it. So I think when I say content marketing, or when we were talking about it earlier, um, I was really referring to the usage of, um, you know, landing pages or pre-qualifying experiences for users before they're presented with the game, right? So like, you know, again, going back to the Facebook example, right? 
Um, and it's, it's definitely, you know, worth A-B testing and see what the uh, performance looks like. But I find, especially on Facebook, because the user experience is so seamless, um, and, and I'm not talking just about Facebook, I'm talking in general for any um, gaming app. Um, because it's so seamless, because you see an ad, you click, and then you go out to the app store, for example, download and play and so on, right? Um, so it seems in a way where the average if you're running a video app, for example, the average uh, view time of a video is between, I would say, five to 10 seconds. Because I think when it initially came out, it was very strong, but now the market's aware, right? You can really tell what is an ad, what is not. And if it's disingenuous or if you just are not interested, you're going to scroll right through or within five seconds churn, right? Um, so it's not really a lot of time to deliver uh, either value out of the product or really under, you know, explain what it is. So I think what we see most commonly happening and Facebook is really good at it is they'll basically show impressions to um, based on user likelihood, right? Like if a user already has other slots apps installed, they'll be served with more slots ads because they know the user is already aware of the industry, uh, the vertical, the game style and so on. There's not a lot of, you know, uh, uh, knowledge awareness needed, right? Whereas if you're doing something completely new, it's very hard to kind of like relate in five seconds or 10 seconds, what is it? Like what is a puzzle game to a slots user, for example, right? Um, so I think that's one barrier, right? Of the programmatic platform um, in environment. Um, so I think when I say content marketing, I think it's a unique way because especially on social platform, we're seeing this new trend or emerging trend that, you know, if you can captivate a user using um, content that could be fictional or non-fictional, depending on, you know, what the goal is, um, usually you have a much longer screen time or 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 a uh, share of voice versus just running a video ad, for example. So I think, you know, it's worth A-B testing, in my opinion. Um, instead of running traditional video ads for app install campaigns or static ads, whatever the case is, to try and taking a user through a landing page. Um, so I'll go back to like, you know, like the slots example, right? Uh -huh. Like, a big part of slots, I think, is obviously you're tailoring to social casino and and folks that are you know you know casino goers and gamblers and so on, right? Uh, and everyone kind of knows more or less like what the app is or what the game is, right? Whether it's real money or or social um, casino environment. Uh, but like, imagine taking users to a landing page where you pre-qualify them using um, again fictional, non-fictional, depending on what it is. But let's say. Um, it's a real money um, uh, casino app, right? Mm -hmm. Where you actually have winners that are winning real money, um, let's say in the US or UK, wherever it is, right? Imagine instead of having just a video ad talking about the game, like making a, an appealing content ad that said, you know, winner of the week wins a million dollars or whatever the, the reward is, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's going to captivate a lot more users that are in that genre because like, oh, someone won a million dollars? Let me learn more, right? And on that page, now you have like a one-to-one -one opportunity to really sell, okay, hey, here's our winner. Here's how they won. Uh, you can win too. Like here's an app, download and play, right? Or, or whatever the case is. So I think it's building or it's basically preconditioning a user to the value of the app in a much more captivate, uh, captivated um, uh, experience versus just a 10 second video ad, right? So when they're playing, now they're already kind of in that mindset, right? To continue to play and, and get to that million dollar goal that's kind of already preset. Uh, 
right before they start playing versus the otherwise where if they're just coming into play they may play for a little bit and start comparing to other apps that oh i like i don't like it and so on churn and so forth so that's kind of what i was referring to in terms of content marketing as an example uh and i've definitely seen my personal experience um you know obviously it's more expensive 100% because you're adding additional flow. You're going to have a, a drop-off and click-through rates and all these things. But I think ultimately, that's what I was saying earlier, is really understanding your ecosystem end-to-end because, yes, you know, a CPI ad on Facebook may cost you 3 to $5 and a landing page maybe 10 to 12 let's say. But what is the ultimate, ultimate CPA? Because if you're optimizing your KPIs towards, let's say, a row, and usually it's LTV-driven, right? So if it's ROAS or, or whatever the case is, I think it's, it's good to understand your flow because it, regardless of what you're paying up front, it's all about what your CPA is in terms of uh, payback, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can map the entire funnel, sometimes I'm willing to bet you'll find wins where even though you're paying a lot up top, that user quality is significantly higher uh, for it to back out end to end and then so on. So that's just an example. I know I talked for a long time, but that's just an example. No, no, it's, it's, it's really insightful and I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, with Stormhaven, we, we started our way with uh, A-B testing App Store pages and basically testing how that influences different users uh, to install and to do other things within the app, um, depending on if it's a game or an app or is it registration or finishing a certain level or making an in-app purchase. And we definitely saw that the creatives and the messaging on the App Store page affects what users do with in the app. Uh, and, I, and, and I agree with you uh, saying it's a trend because I see a lot of it, uh, a lot of these flows of directing users to landing pages <clears throat> or the ad creative itself being just much more um, contentful and, uh, and, and trying to reach high quality users that way. And I think it's becoming a trend now because um, before, I don't know, let's say a year and a half ago, uh, before iOS 14.5, most marketers uh, that were focusing or UA folks that were focusing on iOS um, had the, the, the benefit of having Facebook do the, I mean, reaching these users for them. They just told them, I want more users that made an in-app purchase. Here are they. They reported who the, these users were to Facebook. Facebook did their magic in their black box, created a lookalike audience, and voila, you have high-quality users. Now you have to do this uh, this work. You have to influence users um, or, or find a, a funnel, basically, to reach, to convince these high-quality users. And uh, content is a great way to do that. So uh, I see a lot of these flows recently of uh, um, funneling users through to a landing page, um, making them more educated and more aware of different parts of uh, the game or the app, and then probably seeing a much higher average quality for for these users in terms of LTV, retention, um, or just basic engagement with the the valuable parts of their games and apps that lead to, at the end of the day, revenues. Um, And I have even examples from uh, conversations I had with people outside of gaming, for example, Twitch. Everybody knows them as uh, an app to basically watch other people playing games uh, and streaming themselves. But they do—they have a lot uh, more than that in, in their app. They, they do podcasting and there's people watching uh, Sunday football on, on Twitch. And that's uh, less known, but creating these funnels and, and leading users through that and creating that expectation or at least the desire for these users to find these areas in the app uh, lead to much higher quality uh, for these campaigns that are basically probably measured by how many users are engaging with these parts of the app. Um, so so it's, it's, it's a really insightful point that you brought up. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you know, StormRaven is great and I've used it, uh, you know, before um, in other areas as well. I think it's a great way to get a, especially for live ops or if you're doing any kind of ASO, ASA, um, so initiatives, right? Um, to really understand, okay, if I change uh, the imagery or the messaging or the description or, uh, you know, just overall feature placements and so on on the app store, how, how what, what would be a reaction, right? Like doing a control test. Uh, to understand any lift or, or net impacts and so on. So I think Stormwave is a great platform for, for designing those type of experiments and, and so on, which is very important because uh, especially for app marketers, like once the user leaves an ad and gets to the app store, if you're not seeing a high ranking score or if the app store page isn't revealing, appealing and so on, usually we see a very high bounce rate, right? So just being able to kind of design a full user experience, I think is super important. Yeah, and thank you. And, and I think that now with... Um iOS 15 basically introduced a few features such as custom product pages. Suddenly you have more than one page you can use with uh, different campaigns and ads. Uh, before that, you had to choose. I mean, usually folks aimed for either the, the, the lowest common denominator or they had to choose, okay, I want to target that audience and I'll make my page about, uh, I don't know, appealing for that audience and, and that's it. I have to give up on other audiences. Now you don't have to do that anymore. You can create a funnel for each and every audience you want to um, to acquire. And that uh, that basically allows them to do uh, to, to acquire more high quality users. Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually a great point. And I think, um, you know, uh, I think creating a customer-centric, marketing experience is so key right and, and and that stems from the way you target the cohorts of users you're targeting up top the ads they're seeing the app store page like you mentioned and ultimately when they enter the game right um like really using deep links and so on to really enrich that experience i think will goes a long way versus doing very broad based um you know uh, experiences and so on too yeah for sure Awesome. That, that was very insightful. Uh, we are about to run out of time. So I wanted to ask you a few questions we ask all of our guests. Um, first of all, if there's someone that, that is an aspiring mobile growth marketer, they want to get into mobile marketing today. Uh, do you have one tip to give them? Uh, yeah, no, uh, it's a good question. Um, I, I think, um, first and foremost, I, I think it's, it's a very fun field. So I think having passion for it, I think is very important because every day is different. Like it's not a very uh, static role or environment because the whole market's evolving, the technology's evolving. Uh, you know, if you're in a specific company, the way the company grows and so on. So I think it's a very dynamic atmosphere, which is the fun part for me. I love organized chaos. So for me, it's a great experience. Every day is unique. Every day is different. I'm learning constantly uh, versus being in one type of role. So I think for me, uh, you know, advice to anyone coming in to the market or to the industry would be really just first make sure that's an environment that you want to be in, right? Uh, and really understand and, and accept that reality. And the second is just, I guess, the hunger for, for growth uh, and, and, and learning. Um, I, I think you can get obsolete and outdated very quickly if you just kind of sit on the sidelines. So I think it's always about pushing the boundaries, understanding what others are doing, what's working, what's not, and, and trying new experiments and so on to really kind of continue to learn and grow. I think those things are very important for anyone coming in and, you know, which we shall Cool. And that gives, uh, that's my segue into the next question, which is, uh, what's, uh, your favorite 
content or mobile marketing content that you that you read? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I, I like to read a lot of like you know, Tech Radar, Punchbase, just to kind of see, you know, who's moving up and down <laughs> in terms of what they're doing. Uh, it's kind of a signal of like, hey, you know, who the next mover is going to be or, and so on. Uh, and then I also like to do a lot of, you know, Facebook ad library digging to see what, you know, other oh, that's fun. other competitors and, and so on, what they're doing and, 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 and so on. Uh, also, I love affiliate forms. Um, there's a lot of, you know, Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups and, and individual chat channels and so on uh but we're just talking about like industry like you know challenges they're facing you know some of them share their wins and and so on um so i think it's a good bouncing board just to kind of get a feel of things so i know it's a very non-conventional way of things but i would say those are very low-hanging fruits just to kind of get a good feel of like hey what's happening out there and then obviously on top of that you have all the blogs and and forums and so on that are more public uh, with companies and they're releasing articles and so on. So I would say it's a good to have an arsenal of different types of uh, news outlets or, or information outlets to kind of, you know, formulate your own uh, judgment and, and, and um, you know, approach to, to the marketing. Awesome. And uh, almost last question, what's your favorite pancake? I'm a big uh, buttermilk and chocolate guy, so I, I, I love that. Um, every time I go to IHOP, that's the, that's, that's, that's the thing. Uh, I think there's, it's called Cinestack Pancake, I think it's called, where it's like a buttermilk, uh, chocolate, and cinnamon, and, and so on. So that's, that's my one. So, yeah. That's my favorite as well. Uh, it was my favorite until one of the guests told me to start eating bacon and maple pancakes. And, uh, yes. Since then, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's... actually, it is good. Like, maple syrup and, and then bacon, actually, is a very weird combination but it's so good <laughs> yeah and you're in canada you have real maple syrup <laughs> yes yes exactly <laughs> yeah cool so um lastly if folks want to reach out to you and and chat about some things or just to get to know you where can they find you yeah, yeah happy to always connect with folks um i, I would say linkedin probably is uh the best place to connect um and and, and obviously uh you know I think you'll probably share a link or, or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. To myself. But also, yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best way to connect and, and, and go from there. Awesome. Cool. So, Novel, thank you very much uh, for doing this. It was a pleasure. And I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. And that was Mobile Growth and Pancakes. To find out more about StoreMaven and how we can improve App Store performance, visit StoreMaven.com. And then make sure to search for Mobile Growth and Pancakes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Stormaven, thanks for listening.